So much is unstable and uncertain about our lives and our country right now. Everything changes. And in this season, we feel that perhaps more than ever before. In light of this, I've been pondering about the things that don't change. Have you ever stopped to think about this? What in our world doesn't change? This week, the Family Disciple Me Ministry presents a new conversation series about this very concept, and we're going to start with the topic, Our Unchanging God. So let's cue our illustrious intro and dive right in. As a kid, I was a Navy brat. For those unfamiliar with the lingo, Navy brat was an affectionate term that meant we were children in a Navy family. The term Navy brat also meant that we moved a lot. Every few years, we would crisscross back and forth across the country, often from coast to coast. I lived in Florida, Virginia, North Carolina, Oklahoma, and a couple different places in California. Well, one of my favorite places we lived was Jacksonville, Florida. My family spent about six months living in a 24-foot RV while we had a house built on the edge of a real cypress swamp that was alive with all sorts of creatures. We got to live in that house when it was finally finished for about three years when I was in sixth grade through eighth grade. It was a magical place. It filled those childhood and junior high years with exploration and experiences right outside our back door. My family loved that house and that property. We took such good care of it. My mother decorated every piece of it. My dad hand-built decks and an above-ground pool. We planted amazing gardens and even had this huge berry garden that produced all sorts of huge, luscious fruit. That home was such an incredible place. We were so sad when we had to leave it, when the Navy beckoned and sent us onward when I was getting ready to go into the ninth grade. We had hoped that we could return to live there someday, but our path never took us back to Jacksonville. So eventually my parents sold that property. Well, about two decades later, as a married woman with four children at the time, my family found ourselves going through Jacksonville on vacation. And of course, I wanted to see that magical place of my childhood. So we meandered through the town and found our way to my old neighborhood. It was no longer in the middle of nowhere. Neighborhoods had sprung up and the cypress swamp had long since been drained. That change was disheartening. But the worst of it was when we pulled up to the house. What had been a pristine, beautiful home 
that was the pride and the joy of my family. It looked kind of like a dump, like a hoarder's dump. There was junk everywhere in the front yard. Everything that I could see from the road was in disrepair. It was horrible looking. Well, since we'd come all that way and would probably never be back, I decided to march up to the door and knock. (laughs) When they answered, I introduced myself and said, I'm the oldest daughter of the family that built this house back in the 80s. I live in Colorado and I'm just here visiting. At that point, I remember gulping hard. Then I just dove into asking, would you be willing to let me come in and see the house and the backyard? They were kind enough to agree and they let my family and I come in. Well, the front yard was awful, but it didn't prepare me for what was inside. My parents' once beautiful home was now fit for an episode of hoarding buried alive. There were literally piles of stuff everywhere, four feet, six feet high. The walls were covered with random paint, and the floors were hardly visible, except for where there was a clearing in a path, and there you could see nasty carpets and even concrete. We walked through as I had flashbacks to the way it was. What had been my bedroom was a nasty mess. What had been our dining room was filled with filth. Our beautiful Florida sunroom was just torn and gross. One of my little ones at the time, I can't remember if it was Joshua or Anna Lurie, said rather loudly, did it look like this when you lived here? The disgust in my child's voice was loud and clear, and I shushed them as we continued walking through. We headed through the house to the outdoors, and there the scenes got almost worse. The decks were rotten and fallen. The pool was gone. The raised gardens were obliterated, and the well-established berry garden was completely gone. It was a devastating moment for me. I was so thankful that the owners let me see and walk through that place that held so many happy memories for me, but I left so sad. The changes were almost too much. When my parents asked me about the visit, it was really hard for me to tell them just how bad it was. I don't know if you've ever experienced anything like that, but it remains in my mind as a huge example of how everything changes. Of course, that was an extreme change in need of an extreme makeover. But really, it's a reminder that everything changes. Going back to the places where we lived as children, nothing is as big or as grand or as wonderful as we might remember it. Going to Disneyland just isn't as magical an experience as grown-ups as it was when we were kids. The mountains that filled me with so much awe the first time I came to Colorado 26 years ago, they're now pockmarked with burn scars and beetle kill. Majestic trees that I loved are now stumps. Wild-flowered gardens I planted in other yards at other homes, I go back and look and now they're just dirt. Everything changes. And then there's my family, Oh, how it has changed in such a short time. I was just marveling with my oldest daughter about how only four years ago we were all together, all seven of us. Then I took her to college. And in that four short years since then, we are just about to be a family of four at home when my son leaves for college himself next week. So many changes. 
time slipping through my fingers one child at a time. And then when it comes to changes, there's our country. I don't need to say much about this. We all know that we are changing as a country. Everything about us as a nation is up in the air, uncertain, unstable, unknown. We are all holding our breath for the election, no matter who we want to win. But we all know, regardless of who has control of our government at the end of November, the United States is changing. I could go on and on about change, but there's no need. You get it. You know it. You have your own stories just like I have mine. Change is written on our world and in our lives. Change is written on our families and in our stories, whether we want it to be or not. What is our anchor? What holds us and keeps us from going adrift in the tumultuous waves of change? What grounds our hearts in these shifting times? I'd like to propose that what grounds us and anchors us in change is what doesn't change. Have you ever stopped to think about what this is? In recent weeks, I've been going through an inventory in my mind, trying to think through my checklist of what doesn't change. And I've come up with four things that don't change. These things I believe by faith. I can't prove them, but I've experienced them. These four things are the next four discipleship conversations I'm having with my family, and I invite you to have with those entrusted to you. Hebrews 6, 19 says, We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor for our souls. Then the surrounding verses talk about these four immutable things. God's unchanging character, God's unchanging word, God's unchanging promises, and God's unchanging purpose. These are the four topics for our next four weeks of discipleship conversations. These are the sure and steadfast, unshakable anchor that can give us so much hope. As the storms of this world toss us about in the oceans of life, we can cling to this anchor and not be set adrift in the chaos and the hopelessness, the anxiety and the worry that is so common around us. This week, we focus on God's unchanging character. He said, I, the Lord, do not change. Malachi 3.6. You know, when I visited my childhood home two decades later, I was so disappointed and discouraged by how much it had changed. But two decades from now, God will be the same God He is today. He doesn't change. He is faithful, and He's not going to become unfaithful. He is true, and He's not going to start lying. He is loving, and He's never going to become hateful. He is forgiving, and He will always forgive those who come to Him in repentance. Our God is who he is. Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. And no matter how much this world and our lives and even the universe changes, he stays the same. Psalm 102, 25 through 27 says, Of old you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe and they will pass away. But you are the same, and your years never end. But listen to what the passage says next. 
Right after talking about how God doesn't change, the psalmist wrote these words, The children of your servants shall dwell secure. Their offspring shall be established before you. That, my friends, is called discipleship. When you and I get an accurate view of God's character and how He doesn't change, we can pass that anchor, that surety on to our children. Why can they dwell secure? Why can they be established? Because we come to grips with who He is, and then we teach the next generation those truths so that they can hold on to them. One of my Navy family's greatest treasures along life's way was a piece of anchor chain that's about 15 or so feet long. I don't know where, when, or how my dad acquired it, but it's from a ship somewhere along life's way. Each link of the chain is about a foot long, and the length of the chain takes multiple men to lift and to move. And as my family went back and forth all across the country as the Navy sent, that chain went with us in the moving truck every mile of the way. Those chain links were what held a ship to its anchor. And you know, in the spiritual realm, these truths about God's character are the links to the unchanging anchor for our souls. In discipleship, we teach the next generation one link after another, holding them close to our own soul's anchor until our kids become adults and they get to choose whether they're going to anchor their lives in the Lord or not. We don't get to make that choice for them, but we can teach them and model to them what it looks like to anchor ourselves in our unchanging Lord God. And oh, how we desperately need Him. I think back to my family's old house. The changes that came to it weren't good. When I last saw it, that house was filled with trash and debris and all sorts of things that desperately needed cleaning out. And simultaneously, a lot of things that were good were missing and destroyed. Honestly, sounds a lot like our country. We've changed and we need change, but we don't know what that change is going to bring. That house, it reminds me of my family that lived there, our hopes and dreams, the ones that have changed, the ones that are changing, the ones that need changed. That house reminds me of the things that matter and how much we've changed and need changing and our only hope in this ever-changing life is our never-changing, immutable God. He is our anchor. And listen to what he says. This is from the message translation of Psalm 91. If you'll hold on to me for dear life, says God, I'll get you out of any trouble. I'll give you the best of care. If only you'll get to know and trust me. Wow. That sounds like a pretty good anchor to me. What do you think? Houses change, gardens change, people change, families change, mountains change, societies change, politics change, countries change. But God, He does not change. We don't ever have to leave Him. And even if we did, when we return, we would never be disappointed. Even if the mountains crumble and the skies fall, even 
if our whole world becomes a tangled mess episode of hoarders buried alive, our unchanging, good, faithful, loving, and true God, He remains the same. So let's hold on to Him today, tomorrow, and the rest of our lives. Thank you for joining me in this podcast. Would you do me a favor? Would you use your influence to share this podcast and the Family Disciple Me ministry with someone else? If you subscribe to Family Disciple Me, you'll receive one text and one email a week, giving you the direct link to this podcast, as well as the discipleship conversation that goes with it. It's so easy to have these discipleship conversations with the content right at your fingertips. I know it's helped me in having conversations about God and His Word with my own kids. The subscribe link and the conversation that goes along with this podcast are in the show notes below, or you can go to our website at familydiscipleme.org. Now, as long as we're on the topic of God's unchanging character, I just want to highlight that this blessing I'm about to pray over us is as true and relevant today as it was when God gave it to His people during the Exodus. Why? Because He is our unchanging God. So, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May He turn His countenance towards you and give you peace. Now go with God, friend. Remember, discipleship starts with a conversation. So go have a conversation with someone entrusted to you today.